Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. Thank you for joining us this morning. I am so excited. We have five amazing members of our Horizon family. We just thought, what a great way to celebrate Family Day. Let's hear from our Horizon family. So this morning we have Ramon Lepitan, Nate Carson, Brooklyn Jenkins, Marvin Hunt, and Katie Eliason. I am so excited for you because each one of them has something special to share this morning. So we're going to start off our morning with Brooklyn Jenkins. She is one of our youth and young adult leaders. Uh, her and her family have been a part of Horizon Church for quite a while now. So Brooklyn, if you wanna come on down, we would love to hear from you this morning. I just wanna share a personal experience of when I realized the importance of being part of God's family. As many of you guys may know, I was raised in a Christian family and I thought I had a pretty, a pretty personal relationship with God, but it wasn't until after high school that I realized that my relationship wasn't very personal when I went on a six-month YOM backpacking mission trip. The first few months were spent training and studying the Bible and really closing my relationship and strengthening my relationship with God in Australia. The last two months I spent with about nine of us from our team from six different countries in Nepal. Our goal in Nepal was to evangelize and hand out Bibles. About six weeks in, we had reached our 600 or 500 Bible mark, where you just hand out 500 Bibles. And we were pretty far out in the, in the mountains, and we were just so thrilled and related. And I remember heading back to the chapel, and we were stopped by police. We were pretty surprised to be stopped by police, even though we knew it was illegal to evangelize and hand out Bibles because it was a closed country. But we were so far out, we weren't expecting to be stopped by the police. I remember them asking, were you guys evangelizing? Were you guys handing out Bibles? And we said yes, and they searched our bag for Bibles. We didn't have any because we had just handed them all out. But they took our passports, got our information down, found out where we would be staying, and told us basically they'd be back the next morning to be where to meet us where we were staying, to ex escort us to the jail. And then they left. And I remember our leader called the base leader in YOM, Australia, and told them what was going on. And then they called ahead to the chapel where we were staying and told some of the kids that were staying there to hide the Bibles. They ended up burying them in the chicken coop, I think. And it's because the police wouldn't show up there next to search for Bibles. And I remember walking to the chapel with our team and not feeling stressed like you normally would, knowing that, okay, next morning, police are showing up to take you to jail. I, I was at peace. I knew it was in our hand, in God's hands. It wasn't up to me what happened. All I could do is pray and just think about God and thank you for giving this opportunity to where I could share the word of God and hand out Bibles. And I remember later that night when we got to the chapel, we arrived and it turned out the police didn't even show up there and search for the Bibles because we had journals laying out in the chapel that had like, where we'd written down that we had shared, evangelized and then all the stuff we weren't supposed to be doing and they just didn't show up there. And we did worship that night. We were pretty at peace. And the next morning, the police showed up, I think. Well, we noticed them at 5.40 in the morning. They showed up a lot earlier than they were supposed to. And they escorted us to the jail. And we were arriving at the jail, and it was very intimidating. They had military. They had, like, 
big pe- big guns aimed at our vehicle that we were staying in, guns everywhere. It was pretty intimidating. And when we got there, they just asked for the leaders to get out of the vehicle and the translators, and they went inside, leaving us inside the vehicle. And then not too much longer later, they came out, and they got in the vehicle, and they said, okay, we're going to the hotel we were planning to stay at. I'll explain once we get there. Once we got to the hotel we were staying at, our leader explained what was going on, what ha- had happened. Um, he said that the police had prepared and had planned for us to stay there. But overnight, they had received so many calls from around the world about people just knew about it and weren't happy about people from different countries going to be in prison because we had evangelized and we'd gone as backpackers also. And they'd received so many complaints, they basically changed their mind. And it was at that moment I realized, wow, God is so big. Because my leader told one person, he spread the word, and the word spread like fire. And maybe realized how big God's family is. People around the world were praying for me. And it was just crazy. And also, we were supposed to be on house arrest that last week. Because before we got home, instead of kicking us out of the country that day, we had a week basically staying in the hotel. And the police never showed up to make sure that we didn't leave the hotel. So we ended up being able to do a VBS and evangelizing in the city. So I'm so grateful for opportunities like that. And the bottom line is that you're not alone. You're part of God's family. And his family is huge. I want to read to you guys Joshua 1.5. For no one will be able to stand against you for all your days in your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Thank you, Brooklyn. Such a great reminder that you are never alone. The family of God and the kingdom of God extends beyond our borders. Next up, we have Ramon Lepitan. Come on down. We're so excited to hear from you. Good morning, church. I said good morning. Let me start right away with the following questions. Who are we in the family of God? Who are you? in God's family. Who am I? All of us are in this journey of pandemic in our midst. It cannot be denied that each and every one of us has been affected. I am an engineer by profession and a businessman by choice. And if you are a businessman like me, navigating one's business for the past 11 months has not been easy, very tough, and very challenging. Just like most of the businesses out there, my company has not been spared. I, ha- I have been affected and I have suffered my own setbacks. How am I holding on then? The truth is that while most businesses have been affected by this time, others have remained largely unscathed or have even profited from this pandemic? Are we not supposed to be in the same storm? How come we are not all in the same boat? In the book of Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 to 41, we are familiar with the account of Jesus boarding a small fishing boat with his disciples. They had a long day of ministry, And as they make their way through across the Sea of Galilee, Jesus falls asleep. Suddenly and without warning, a storm came up, the boat was swamped, 
and disciples feared the danger of drowning. Looking at Jesus who continued to sleep, the disciples may have asked themselves, how could he sleep while we feared of drowning? They could have convinced themselves that Jesus could rescue them. So why not wake him up? Maybe they thought that Jesus was unable to help. Just let him to continue to sleep then. Or maybe they assume that Jesus just don't care. He seemed to be indifferent to their plights already. Awakened by the disciples, Jesus calmly rises, speak to the waves, be still, and all became calm. Jesus asked his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? As we go through life and as we go through this pandemic, we might have asked the same questions as the disciples. Does Jesus really care? Is he able to help? Is he willing to help? I have certainly asked those questions as above as I'm going through the demands facing on my businesses. Yet, in the midst of everything, in the stillness of my worship before our Father, Jesus' words resonated in my heart. Son, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Two things can happen when we are going through some difficult times. One is, you think I'm being punished, but the cross says no, because Jesus took our punishment already. The second is, maybe God doesn't care, but didn't he give his son, Jesus Christ, to die for you and me? Looking back at the story, it dawned upon me that Jesus was not only in the same storm, he was literally in the same boat as his disciples. Yes, the storm we are facing today, Jesus is in the same boat. As we live through this season, we may not have all the answers. Be assured though that our Lord is with us. He is with you as he is with me. Who am I again? I'm a businessman who puts his trust in our Lord. I'm a father, a husband, and a grandfather. I am your brother in Christ. I am a child of God and certainly a joint ear in the family of God and my citizenship is in heaven. So good, thank you Ramon. I love that picture that we're all family, we're all in the same storm and we have an opportunity to invite Jesus into the boat with us. Such a great picture, thank you Ramon. Next up is Marvin Hunt. Please welcome Marvin as he comes. When I graduated from high school, my life was planned out. I had planned to head to university, get two PhDs uh, in, in mechanical and aeronautical engineering, and I was going to be working at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory uh, in the United States. I completed first year engineering, and inside I felt completely like a duck out of water. Something was very wrong. Didn't know what it was, but I decided uh, after some prayer to come out here to the coast uh, to spend three months in apprenticing under a minister uh, in the ministry and learning God's ways of doing things. I didn't know anyone here in Vancouver 
But I knew the scripture, Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So my plans went out the window. My future, as I had it planned, went and left. But I found myself in a church in the city of Vancouver that all of a sudden became my family. I helped some couple of families build homes just up on 160th Street. Uh, I fell in love with Surrey during that time. And we, during that time, we were working with a lot of uh, young people, dealing with the Jesus people, all those sorts of things. So we did an awful lot of outreach with YWAM, with other different things. And this girl keeps sh kept showing up at these different functions. Her name was Ruth Sovdi. And I'd go over and say hi, I got to know her, and I'd chat with her. Well, the long and the short is, we married, uh, became uh, part of our church, uh, went to college. Uh, the church and the college moved out here to Surrey, uh, which is now PLBC. And we, had, we bought this property. And you know there's some problems with this property with taxes and the tax exemptions and those sorts of things. So I started working on those problems and those challenges. Well, while I'm working on those challenges, which was a seven and a half year battle, by the way, with government, all of a sudden, people started saying, Marvin, you should run. Marvin, you should run. I go, why would I do want to do that? I'm here in the church serving God. I'm happy doing what I want to do. Well, no, actually, I ended up getting elected, and the rest is history. But you know, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, it also says, and don't give up. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together is the way the old King James says it, but encourage one another. And so it was a habit that we had. We just went to church. No matter where we are, we went to church. So now I'm elected. We have a conference out in Halifax. And at this conference, um, when am I ever going to go see Atlantic Canada? So we got our children together. We flew out to Atlantic Canada, rented vehicles out there, uh, staying in the hotel. There's a banquet this one evening. And as we go to the banquet, my wife and I go to the banquet and the rest of the council from Surrey uh, looks at me and says, well, where are your kids? And I said, oh, they're with the babysitter. They said, with a babysitter, you know people in Halifax? I said, no, I don't know anybody in Halifax. I said, I looked in the yellow pages under churches and looked for good evangelical churches and asked them if they had some, you know, young teenager that wanted to, to work and would come down to the hotel and take care of our kids for us. Because I have a family. It's everywhere. It's everywhere I go. I'm in the Philippines. We have, in the Philippines, we, we end up with a, a, a weekend that we were there and they decide to take us out to Boracay. Yes, to Boracay. And so we're in Boracay. Sunday morning comes, and so I'm asking, well, where's the church around here so I can go to, we, my wife and I can go to church? And they said, well, we know where the uh, Muslim mosque is. We know where the Catholic church is. I said, well, you know, but there should be something back there. So long and the short of it all, we go up, but the, our host came with us, who was a mayor of one of the cities in the Philippines. He comes with us. We get in. The whole service is in Tacalo. We don't know anything. We can't understand anything, but we can understand the spirit, and we can sense the spirit. Interesting thing, after the service was over, that mayor had to go and talk to the pastor to say hello and, and do the normal protocols that we do as politicians politicians. Long and the short of it all, we prayed with that pastor. God touched him. God just moved by his spirit, touched him. And as we were leaving that service, he was singing the hallelujah chorus because that was the only thing he knew how to do. Because everywhere we go, then, like I said, where we went on vacation, wherever we were, we found a church to be, uh, to fellowship on Sundays. And I remember one time we were uh, off on our vacation and they asked us to come up to Nacusp. And we went to this little church in Nacusp, this little home group that was meeting. 
And as we get there, I got these two young boys. Well, actually, these three, but two youngest ones. And as we drive up to the to the house of, of the uh, people that we were staying with, uh, this young man comes bounding out of the house, comes run over, grabs a hold of my kids. Hey, you want to play? And he takes them and off he goes playing. Now, you got to remember, this is a young man. Uh, you know, my boys were really young. There wasn't anything in it for him. But, you know, that young man became a student here at Pacific Bible College, and you know him. Today we call him Pastor Craig Miller because it's all part of the family of God. You see, Bill Gaither, with the bottom line, Bill Gaither wrote the song, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. God bless you. So good. Thank you, Marvin. I love that. When we go on holiday, we do similar because... The family of God is everywhere we go, and you never know what blessing awaits you as you encounter the family of God. Next up is Katie Eliason, youth and young adult leader or overseer with her husband, Daniel, uh, part of our worship team. Thank you so much for sharing today, Katie. Take it away. All right. I'm supposed to go after Marvin. That's a really hard. You did fantastic. <laughs> Um, church family and church community is not a new thing for me. I was actually raised, born into it and raised up into it. Um, the church that me and my family grew up in, my parents were heavily involved in. They were elders in the church. My dad taught at the Bible college that was associated with the church. Um, my mom was involved in like all women's ministry and everything. So they were heavily involved in our church, but they had a sense and knew that just attending a service wasn't good enough, that there is more involved in a church, there is more life in church. And so before I was born, they were starting to have kids, and they were intentional about um, having community with people. And so they started this group, and we called it Life Group at that time. And essentially, it's exactly what it sounded like, you do life with these people. So they were very intentional before they started having a family that they needed to have people around them to do life with them. So it was about five or six families, 18 to 20 kids. It was chaos, um, 12 adults. But we would get together and we would learn together and we would grow together and we would celebrate together and we would mourn together. But that was us being intentional. There's more to this than Sunday. There's more to this than a checkbox that I'm a part of a church there's got to be more life to this. And that's what this life group was about. And to this day, it still exists in a form. So that's over 30 years that this group of people have done life together. And so being raised up in that, that instilled in me a foundation of church family. That instilled um, the importance of church family. And it was a constant thing in my life that I relied on heavily. And I knew there's, always, there's a difference Church family doesn't replace your own personal family. But I think I wholeheartedly believe that God created it because he knew this world was broken. That he knew no one's coming into the church perfect. You're coming in with whatever baggage, whatever relationships. You can have broken family. You can have a whole family. You can have no family. The point was come as you are. And so he, I think he started church family because, because of he, there's no way to control what you're being raised in this world. There's no way to control that, but saying, come as you are, this is family, that we do life together, that we celebrate together, that we mourn together, but we are a family together. 
and this group we 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 did that we raised children together we graduated kids we had weddings we had babies we had grandbabies it was such a just a wonderful group of people and my father actually got to marry each and every person each and every kid that was in there he got to be a part of the wedding he got to dedicate every child that was born in this group and then he also got to stand by and mourn as he laid to rest people that passed away in this group. But it was such such moments of being able to have people close to you. They're not blood. They're not family. But you know we're doing life together. When one of my friends, her parents walked through a divorce, we got to rally together and make sure that kids had a place to stay as parents figured this out. It wasn't that they were having to walk through this alone. They are part of church, which meant they are part of community, which meant they were surrounded. When one of the ladies lost her husband at such a young age, she had, he had a business, he had land, he had all these things. She had no idea, how do I sort this all out? All the husbands rally together and say, we're going to figure this out. We're going to kind of clean up your shop. We're going to come help get it ready to sell because you're not alone in what you're walking through. It was just a beautiful, a beautiful place to grow up in. And we weren't family and our parents didn't grow up together. But here's the kicker is that they were intentional. In church, they chose, I'm going to be intentional, intentional about finding people to do life with. They prioritized people and when you prioritize God you the church becomes important and I don't mean the church like horizon I don't mean your specific place I mean the church the body of Christ his bride the church becomes important and when the church becomes important the people become important and I think it's so impossible to love God and not love his people and if that's the case, maybe you turn around and reevaluate your relationship with God because it is near impossible to fall in love with God and everything he's done for us and not love his people that are all around. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 10 says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. That is the definition of what I've walked through about having people around me coming from a smaller family, but always having family, always having community. Daniel and I moved here to Canada about six years ago, and it was a move that should have scared like the living daylights out of me because I come to a new country. I come away from family. I come to maybe not having a job, not working, like everything was upside down, not knowing anyone. Daniel knew one family and that was the Millers. But there was no sense of fear when I told Daniel, I think we're supposed to move. Because the assurance and the foundation that I'd grown up with, knowing when you put God first, that puts the church, makes the church important, which makes people important. And when people are important, that develops a wealth of deep and meaningful relationship. So that assurance took away any fear in that move. It was the easiest move. Yes, we're supposed to move to Canada. Let's do that. And throughout these years, we've moved multiple times. Who helped us move? The church family. When my brother was diagnosed with a brain tumor and the odds were not looking great, who rallied around us and contended with us and prayed with us as we walk through that season? the church family. 
when we had our daughter in, as any mom knows, that first kid, it's a whirlwind of emotions and everything in the world is upside down. Who brought us food? Who sat with us? Who talked about, sat down and talked with us about the richness of family and children, the church family. When the church becomes important, we put God, when God is priority, the church becomes important. People become important and that develops rich and meaningful relationship. And I just end this with Romans 12, 5. It says, so in Christ, we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. Oh, man, great message. If you've been around Horizon for very long, you've heard us make that statement. We are better together. We were never meant to do life alone. And I know a lot of us have had to do that in this season, but let's remember what Katie said there. Let's be intentional about embracing our church family. That was so great. And we have one more speaker to close us out, Nate Carson. Let's welcome Nate. Good morning, Horizon family. Um, my story starts this past July 21st. Um, I had the Tuesday off from work and it was a good day. We took the family down to Granville Island and came home later that day and I decided it's a good day to go get shoes and uh, went out to go get shoes with my oldest daughter, Odessa. Um, while getting shoes, I got a call from my oldest son that Edith fell and it didn't dawn on me that like kids fall all the time. Okay, I'll be home. Um, I called my wife because something just wasn't sitting right and I learned that Edith had fallen from our second story window onto the concrete. As a father, my, my world stopped at that moment, not knowing if she was gonna be okay. I raced home and God not only had his hand of protection over my driving, um, he had his protection, hand, his pr hand of protection over my entire family. Um, I got home and learned that Edith had already been taken to the hospital to Royal Columbian where they deal with head traumas. And at that point, um, I went into full flight or fight mode and it was like, get out of my way, I need to go see my daughter. And I wasn't totally listening to reason, but Kareen somewhat reasoned with me and um, <clears throat> I'm glad she was there that day because she is the one who reached out, reached out to Horizon's prayer team. And like Brooklyn's story, reaching out to one person or one group or one thing, God starts, not only was he already working, but the whole church family started working. Um, while we were at the hospital, I can't even, I've heard from prayer from I don't know how many people praying over Edith, praying over our family, even praying over Karina and I. And at that moment, I didn't have enough strength to deal with everything going on on my own, not, not in myself. And this, this Horizon Church, this family, this body of God rallied around my family. Um, there were meals given. There was enough money given to us so that I could take the four weeks off to even try to deal with the emotional stress of everything that had happened. Um, there was 
prayer, obviously. There were Angie and Dave watching our kids until Kareem's mother could get there to watch them. There was immediate family bringing meals and Horizon Church family bringing meals. And just the, in that moment when it's almost like you're lifting your hands to God and it's you don't have enough on your own. This church family rallied around us and lifted our hands for us in that time. And I, I appreciate that. Um, would Karina and I have had the strength to deal with this on our own? Possibly. But we didn't have to do it on our own. We did it with this family. We did it through with, uh, with Jesus. And I'll admit, we didn't deserve any of it. It was not because we were the best Christians. We're reading our Bible every day. And Jesus wants to pour out his love for you. And his heart is breaking in that moment with you. And, and not only till now, not only till preparing for this. And I'm really realizing that even speaking up here in front of you guys today, this is part of my healing process as well. Um, how much God poured out how much he poured out for this family that I didn't even know about. Um, for my verse, it is, God's purpose was that the body should not be divided, but that rather that all of its parts should feel the same concern for each other. And the song that kept playing over in my head was Waymaker. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. In my moment where my world stopped, God was working. He was working through his church, his people. There was a song I was listening to last night. I believe it was Evidence. Um, and it was, there's this one verse that says, stop waiting on the move of God. We are the move of God. The church family is the move of God. Thank you. So good. Thank you so much to each and every one of you that have shared from your heart today. And you've just helped to build such a beautiful picture of what family is and what family looks like. Um, one of our family verses, one of our life verses for in our home is Psalm 68, 6. And I just really believe it closes this out so well. God places the lonely or the, or the solitary into family. And he sets the prisoners free and gives them joy in that place of family and in that place of relationship. We are not meant to do life alone. And, you know, the definition, your, your experience of what family looks like may be different. For us, I can relate to many of these. I can relate to Katie that we moved away to a community where we had no family, nobody that we were blood related to. And our church family stepped in and became our family. Our kids gained extra grandparents and aunts and uncles because the church became family. And I just want to encourage you today and a small challenge that, you know, in this season, it's been so difficult because we haven't been able to gather or extend our hands or to reach out as family. And, you know, many of us may be thinking, I'm the lonely one. I'm the one that's feeling lonely and I'm feeling like I've got no family. But can I encourage you today? Take a step. Send a text message. Email someone. FaceTime them because I can guarantee you that you are not the only one feeling alone and feeling lonely. So many of us are feeling lonely and we're waiting for someone else to reach out to us. So can I encourage you? I even just had this thought that 
as you go away from today, I'm asking if you would pray. And if you're one of the ones that is feeling lonely and solitary, can I encourage you to pray and ask the Lord? Jesus, would you show me who is someone that I can connect to? Who is a family that I can reach out to and become connected and supported and do life with? And if you're, if you're a family, if you've got more people around you, can I encourage you as well? Spend some time this week and ask the Lord, Jesus, who would be the one that we could reach out to? That we could extend that, that reach of, would you be, would you be interested in, in when we're allowed having dinner with us, or maybe we could FaceTime and play some games together. So Horizon family, I just want to encourage you this week to remember Psalm 68, 6. God places the lonely into family, and he sets prisoners free and gives them joy. And it's our prayer for you this family day weekend that you would encounter the joy and the peace and the presence of Jesus. I'm just going to close us out in prayer. Father, I just thank you for our time together here today. Lord, I thank you for the promise of your word that highlights so clearly that we are not alone, that you are in the boat, in the storm with us, that no matter where we go or where we are in the globe, that the extended family of heaven is there, that we can encounter the presence of Jesus wherever we go. And Father, I just pray right now that for every individual that is feeling alone and lonely and isolated, Father, that you would come right now, that you would open their eyes, that they would see that they're not alone, that you are with them. You are in the storm with them. You are not unaware of what they are feeling in this moment. Thank you, Lord, that you extend your hand to them right now. And Father, for every individual that's watching this that doesn't know you personally, Father, I pray that they would invite you into their life in this moment, that they would invite you in, that they would invite you to be the leader of their life, that they would ask you to forgive their sins so that they too can encounter the family of God that goes beyond the borders of what we might be experiencing in this moment. Lord, thank you that you will speak to each one of us, that you will show us how to be the family of God, to be the hand of God extended even in the midst of COVID, you would show us how to reach out and how to share the love of Jesus with those around us. Lord, I thank you that the peace and the power and the presence of God just inhabits the homes of everyone that's tuning in right now. And we thank you for family and we celebrate family today in Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.